0: Welcome to Salted Hash. I'm J.M. Porup, filling in for Steve Reagan. The midterm elections are coming up soon, and security is much on everyone's mind. I'm here with Juliet Beauchamp, a content producer here at IDG, to talk about election security.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot in it that's going to be going on, and with the midterms just a few weeks away, it's all pretty interesting. So could you tell us a little bit about why this is such a hot topic right now, and maybe what has happened in the past, even just in the 2016 election, to sort of prompt discussion?
0: Sure. Well, so uh, there was uh, many grave concerns about um, the security of, of electoral voting machines in 2016. It has been since... Um, electronic voting became a thing as early as uh, the early 2000s. Um, There was a rush after the hanging chad crisis of 2000 to um, deploy better solutions that would avoid that problem. And in the process we've created a system of electronic voting arguably worse than the hanging chad problem that they were designed to solve. Uh, And the, the kind of disappointing thing is that Electronic voting machines properly designed and deployed uh, can be more secure than paper ballots, but at present they raise serious questions about the validity of the election results in a few weeks.
1: Absolutely. And it seems, it's kind of interesting that as we've sort of progressed with technology you would think that it's a natural step to make voting electronic and maybe even online but that doesn't really seem to be the case
0: no so uh, electronic voting has such a unique security profile like let's talk about people say you know I can bank online why can't I vote online and you know uh, what are the consequences of of your bank getting hacked I mean banks have massive security resources and uh, as a consumer you're generally not liable um, as long as you haven't you know, given your card to somebody you're generally not liable for fraud committed without your consent or knowledge Uh, But voting has such a unique and important profile because without uh, voting we can trust, our elections don't have value. Like I had someone, I I attended a talk um, in June in New York by some of America's leading election security experts and they said, look, you know, the point of an election is not to pick the winner. The point of an election is to convince the loser they lost. Uh, Because if you don't have a loser who's like, yeah, I lost fair and square, then you have chaos. You don't have a democracy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, You can't have ballot stuffing going on and still call yourself uh, a democracy. It doesn't work that way.
1: Absolutely, and it's funny that you bring up something like ballot stuffing because that's obviously something that, you know, was perhaps an issue with paper ballots, and it's interesting that we still sort of have that problem. What has election security been like even before we had electronic voting?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, one common response uh, in the last two years to the revelation, or, the, or, the, or should I say, the uh, more general awareness of security issues with electronic voting, is like, let's just do paper. Like, it seems like the natural and obvious solution. You know, electronic voting isn't secure. Let's just go back to the way things were, you know, back in the old timey days when, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's not as simple as that because when you're counting 300 million votes and you have like, you know, the water commissioner on the ballot and and half a dozen judges who you've never heard of. And you have this ballot that's just like, you know, it's like doing your taxes. Counting those ballots at scale is like a serious problem. Like if you're Los Angeles County or something, that's just a nightmare. So the idea that hand counting, even by genuinely honest and uh, sincere individuals, you know, honest people make mistakes. And when you're counting, you know, a million ballots. Error is going to happen, you know. And um, there are security issues both with paper ballots as well as with electronic voting, as we've seen. Uh, you know, actual ballot stuffing historically.
1: That's. It's really interesting that this is still sort of a problem. It seems like it's. It's pretty ongoing and pretty true of most of our elections. What? I know that there's been some steps to sort of change something and make election more secure, especially in time for the midterms, but that hasn't necessarily worked out, and in some cases it's fallen through. Mm. What are some examples of what states have been at least trying to do to change security with midterms and how that is, okay, maybe it's a great idea, or that is an absolutely terrible idea and that's going to do nothing for election security?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, So some states uh, were able to decertify some of their insecure voting machines uh, in the last two years. And uh, I think it would be fair to say that the security posture of the 2018 elections is at least marginally more secure than 2016. That doesn't inspire confidence. <laughs> uh, you know, like they all should be secure. Uh, you know, and, and, and certainly some states more than other states have made a really big effort to up their game. Uh, some states have not. Uh, you know, West Virginia for instance implemented uh, online blockchain voting a couple months ago. Uh, leading to security experts to just howl in despair because there's really no such thing as a a secure online voting much less on the magical blockchain which solves nothing really. Um, And then the state of Georgia, one of the largest states with all-state electronic voting with no audit trail, no paper trail, no way to recount results, um, a citizens group sued the state saying you know this is not acceptable you know we need to fix this and a couple weeks ago, a, a state judge in Georgia um, sympathetically agreed but ruled against that citizen group saying, you know, it's too close to the election, we still have to have an election. And this judge publicly called the state of Georgia as having their head in the sand about the issue. So we're seeing different states responding differently to this particular problem.
1: And Georgia is one of actually five states that has this sort of all Electrode, electronic, rather, it's electronic and voting together. Mm. All electronic voting system that doesn't have a paper record. And it looks like it's joined with New Jersey, South Carolina, Louisiana, and one other state. This is from information from um, verified vo- voting with the Wall Street Journal NPR. Mm. So it's interesting that these five states have it. Do you foresee them, For perhaps Georgia will sort of change from online voting, do you foresee other states joining Georgia in changing the way their elections are run, definitely not in time for the midterms, but maybe in time for the 2020 elections. Oh, I
0: think it's inevitable. Uh, there, there, there's so much public awareness now, and, and so much public pressure that, that um, you know, and, and awareness is growing rapidly. You know, I, I've been watching this space for for 10, 15 years, and uh, security people have been saying this loudly since the Help America Vote Act was passed. You know, in the early 2000s, and it's only just since 2016 that the general public has finally um, caught on to this is actually a really serious issue that threatens the integrity of our elections. And I think that public pressure is only going to continue to grow. Um, For the last two years, DEFCON, the security conference in Vegas, has hosted a uh, a voting village where ordinary people who attend DEFCON can um, hack voting machines that the researchers have purchased off of eBay. Uh, and many uh, election officials went this year, and, and they were like, that's the voting machine that I use in my county, and I just hacked it in five minutes. You know, so, so, and, and they're like, wow, this has to change, because they just didn't know. I mean, they're not technical people, they're not security people, they're just like, I run a county board of elections for a small county in, you know, Nebraska? You know, like it's not realistic to expect these people to be security experts. But that realization, that awareness is is growing rapidly and, that, and that's heartening. That's heartening.
1: It is good that people are becoming more aware of these kinds of things but at the same time it's sort of discouraging and upsetting that our elections would be something that could be hacked. Even though we don't necessarily have concrete evidence of an election ever being hacked, there's mm. certainly speculation. Um, and it's interesting how Election security has changed from sort of more of a domestic threat of you know the other party stuffing ballots and mm. something that's that's done domestically as and now there sort of seems to be a more international threat am I wrong there or is that
0: well well certainly I, I mean if you wanted to stuff ballots in the 1960 election and you're Russia you're kind of out of luck mm-hmm. you know I mean like but but the, the thing with the internet and security is you now live next door to every sociopathic gangster spy and terrorist on the planet. Uh, which, which means that the entire threat model has changed. It used to be the real threat was the other party or a corrupt um, government. You know, and there have been corrupt state and like Richard Daly, 1960. You know, there there are plenty of examples of corruption in American history. Uh, you know, the, the the machine bosses of New York and Boston uh, of, of the turn of the, of the 20th century, for instance. Um, and, and certainly the the results of American federal elections are of great interest to other nations. And, and certainly, uh, I, I mean, we also can't avoid talking about that, that America itself has interfered with and hacked foreign elections for 50 plus years. You know, so um, you know, we can't on the one hand you know, decry foreign interference in our elections, which is completely unacceptable, but also recognize that uh, it's kind of blowback. It's it's kind of, you know, uh, you know, if you set that norm as a standard of acceptable international affairs, then, um, you know, y- you can't get too outraged when you find it happening to you in return, you know?
1: Uh, that's a pretty fair thing to say. I mean, if we do it, how can we condemn others for I mean, doing maybe
0: it? Maybe we shouldn't do it. I, I mean, <laughs> call me crazy, you know? I mean, if we, if we care about democracy and respect freedom, maybe we should care about other people's democracies and their freedoms. I mean, I don't know. Is that a radical thing to say? It's novel.
1: So let's touch on other nations for a second because you know, not all of our viewers are watching from the US. What have other nations done in terms of election security that are is it better than what we have here in the States, is it worse, or is it just different, or is it just the same?
0: Well, so I, I would say that um, uh, America has really been at the forefront of, of inventing and deploying electronic voting far more so than other nations. Um, and as a result, that's also made the U.S. more vulnerable to um, electronic voting hacking than other nations. Um, so it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. Um, you know, uh, That's that'll change. I, I think I, I haven't followed closely, for instance, you know, what European nations do. I suspect they've been slower to adopt and slower to, to go electronic. Uh, I know that in parts of, of uh, the provinces in Canada there's a push for online voting, which uh, security r- researchers think is dreadful, like you cannot secure online voting. It's not it's just not a an acceptable solution for uh, for democratic voting. So
1: that's fair. What are the other provinces in Canada doing? What do they? What's their typical uh, procedure?
0: Well, well. So the, the federal government in Canada has officially ruled out online voting, but but like uh, Ontario, which is Canada's largest province, where where, where where both Toronto and the federal capital Ottawa are, um, so it, it's a vast province, and and um, there are many remote communities. Uh, and the um, the hope of the province is to uh, encourage g- easier access to voting, like for you know, like if for the old or infirm or disabled who may not be able to get to voting on election day. Uh, and so it comes from a, a generous place, like everybody should be able to vote, and we want to make it easy for them to vote. Like that is a fine wish, that is a fine thing to want. And there may be other solutions. Um, online voting is not one of them. Uh, you know. The, Voting has, has such unique security properties compared to anything else you might look at, like online banking or, I don't know, anything else. Um, but one particular one that, that people, should, people often forget about <clears throat> is vote buying and voter co- coercion. There's a reason we have a secret ballot. When you go to vote, you have a, you have, you have a secret little cubicle mm-hmm. where somebody, nobody can see how you vote. You can't have someone say, here's 50 bucks, vote for so-and-so, bring me a receipt proving you voted for so-and-so. You can't have an abusive spouse saying you're gonna vote for so-and-so or you're gonna regret it You know you can't have voter coercion. You can't have vote selling you have a secret about where you can vote your conscience And nobody else knows But if you're voting on a smartphone Then hey, honey Here's how I want you to vote or hey, here's 50 bucks I'm gonna watch you vote right now or I'm gonna intercept that transmission and change the vote as it's crossing the wire And nobody's ever gonna know so yeah th- there's there's very unique properties to voting that are necessary for a trustworthy election. And they're not intuitive, and uh, they're very difficult to get right.
1: It's interesting that you, when you think of election hacking and just hacking in general, you automatically assume, you know, something going on in the computer, but I mean, mm. election hacking, if you have something like online voting, can be as simple as someone saying, well, I'm gonna watch you vote. Yeah. And that's still a way to influence an election.
0: And you know, I mean, there's all these requirements that are are essential for for there to be, you know, a free and democratic a- election. And um, getting it right is 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 incredibly important and incredibly difficult.
1: So there's obviously a lot of ways in which there could be a more perfect election system. I'd be interested what your thoughts are about. I know there's some states that just do complete vote by mail. I almost positive Washington State is one of them. Mm. What about the security of something? like that, where people aren't even really obligated to go to the polls, they just fill in a ballot at home, send it in the mail, and it's counted?
0: That is a good question, and I do not have an authoritative answer to that question. Um, On uh, on the cuff, uh, I mean, the thing about the internet and security is that the internet scales. You can do one thing once, copy and paste it a million times. Um, And if you hack a central server, then you can hack all the votes. Um, Now, is it possible to intercept people's mail, steam it open, change their vote, and put it back in the mail? Now, certainly, that technology exists and has for at least 100 years or more. Like, people know how to steam open envelopes. Could you do that at scale in a non-detectable manner? Um, That sounds to me very difficult. Uh, now, Now, Is it possible? I mean, security is never about perfect security. Uh, it, it, trying to achieve perfect security in anything is, is um, a fool's errand. But it's a question of how can you make it more difficult? You know, how easy is it to stuff the ballot today when everyone has a smartphone camera and, and you're not going to get away with it? You know what I mean? Like if there's like an army of thugs like changing ballot boxes around, like, you, you, you kind of think you'd, you'd know about it. Like that would get out. You wouldn't hide that secret. Yeah. And if you had like a team of dozens of people intercepting mail in Washington state and steaming open envelopes in some non-detectable way, that requires like a vast conspiracy. Like one person's not going to be able to do that. Like that would be really difficult. Impossible, I'm not saying it's impossible, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but it would be really difficult. Whereas if you're like finding security vulnerabilities, hacking things in an undetectable manner, then there's no proof, very difficult to prove anything happened, and it requires a very small number of highly skilled people to pull off. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't have a concrete answer on the, on, the, on the vote by mail, but it would certainly be vastly more difficult to interfere with than uh, online voting, for instance, or electronic voting machines.
1: Interesting. It's, <laughs> I, I'm still so fascinated by any sort of argument which is valid of saying, let's not go with technology on this one, guys?
0: You know, I I mean, uh, one thing that I find frustrating is that, especially in Silicon Valley these days, there's this sort of tech utopian vision that anything we build must be progress. But that's not the case. I mean, there are some technologies that are uniquely evil or or are dual-purpose. Like, you know, we can talk about the invention of mustard gas. You know, I I can't think of any positive uses of mustard gas. And after the First World War, we agreed as as, as as a species to ban its use. You know, because, you know, like, German oven makers in the 1930s made massive forward leaps in creating ovens that were used for horrendous purposes. Was that like progress? You know, technology in itself is Mm -hmm. not inherently good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that we need to take a step back and say, we have the power as a species to invent and innovate and deploy some amazing things for both good and evil. And assuming that every possible scientific advance or every possible technological breakthrough is good for us is, let's be a little bit more critical about that. Because we, should, we, should, we don't want to be Luddites and say technology is evil, paper ballots, you, you know, let, let's go back to the Stone Age, because that's also a ridiculous extreme position. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want that. I like antibiotics. Agreed. You, you, you know, I mean, there are wonderful things that technology gives us, but mm-hmm. also many evil things. I and mean, we, we can't just be like, everything's wonderful, yippity doo da, you know, it's just, it, <laughs> you yeah. know, so a little bit more critical thinking goes a long way.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> and something that you said earlier, which is interesting and something that I hadn't really thought about, is that an election is improving who won. It's convincing the loser that they lost. Some, it's It makes complete sense when you think about it. Mm. But in those cases where an election is super close within, mm. yeah, let's say one percentage point, um, how can election security help in terms of good having a secure election help and recounting votes, just to get, I mean, it happened in 2016, there was a vote recount. Mm. So having secure elections and making, recounting ballots, I would think is sort of critical to election security.
0: Great, that's a great question, Juliet. So, so uh, I've personally spoken in my reporting to, to half a dozen of the world's leading security experts in this field, and, and they all agree what the best practice is. Like, this is not rocket science. We know how to do it, it's not hugely expensive, we can deploy it. Um, take the Georgia system. Georgia is all electronic. A, a recount is basically, give me that database number again. It's not actually recounting anything. There's no way to audit it. Best practice uh, is that we vote on paper and we use optical scanners. Just like the scanner you have in your office, you like scan a document, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. only you're scanning the ballot paper. Ballot paper goes in a box, just like you know, old-fashioned, so, so you fill the paper, you scan it, and you put the ballot paper into a locked box, and the optical scanner counts the votes. Then you do risk-limiting audits. Risk-limiting audits use a statistical model to say, you know, um, that election was close, and we're going to recount like five, ten percent of the total ballots, uh, taking a random sample across all possible votes, and we're going to count th- that subset to look for anomalies. Mm-hmm. And if we see anomalies, maybe we'll dig deeper. Uh, if there's a landslide vote, that uh, risk-limiting audit might be uh, a very small number of ballots. Like if, as a, you know, if we're all very clear, like that was a landslide. There's no any real doubt. We're just going to do this as a formality. Yeah. yeah. If it's a squeaker like you know 50.1 to 49.9 you're like we really need to get this right mm-hmm. you might do 10 20 percent. you might break out the whole thing if it was that critical um but it's a way of both automating uh counting votes at scale which is genuinely hard to get right and and humans are error prone remember
1: mm-hmm.
0: and also so it mitigates both the risks of errors and malice with paper ballots and also mitigates the risk of having the, that, those vote totals hacked because you're checking both and the two work together to ensure the best possible uh, accuracy in the voting
1: count. Yeah, I mean, that theoretical seems like everyone would kind of be happy. The loser, if they lost, they can easily audit. It's easy to audit hmm. the votes. And it's it seems like a good option, but why hasn't it been implemented?
0: It's a question of political will and financial resources. Like, there are many difficult security problems, and some of them are impossible to solve. Some of them are moonshot difficult. This is more like fix the subway so they run on time. Mm-hmm. Like, we know how to do it. We know how to build subways. We know how to build optical vote scanners. But we need the political will to do it and the the financial capacity to actually deploy these systems. We know how to build these systems, but we have to actually, you know, have regulators and governments step up, step up and say, you know, we need to defend the integrity of our elections and this is how we're going to do it.
1: So I'll kind of leave everyone with a theoretical, another sort of theoretical question. You know, we're not going to have a perfectly secure election in 2018, that's been made pretty clear by at least, at the very least, your example of the judge in Georgia. Even if, you, you can have a, a, an election that isn't perfectly secure, but it's still correct. Like, it's still accurate. Like, you can have a, an election that isn't completely secure, but that doesn't mean it's going to automatically get hacked. But, what I want to say, looking forward, is, is there an option to have a perfectly secure election? Is that within reach, or is that just, you know, there's always going to be at least some risk of Hacking or interference.
0: Well, is, there's no such thing as perfect security, as mm-hmm. as viewers uh, and, and readers of CSO Online uh, know. Um, but th- the thing is, is that we're not anywhere close enough to be quibbling about you know minor details. There's this vast gulf between uh, the current status quo and the best practices. We know how to deploy and could deploy if we had the political will. Uh, Let's get there and have best practices deployed, then we can quibble over minor details. Right now, we're in a position where a, um, an adversary could hack the Georgia state vote total and nobody would ever know. Uh, that's just not an acceptable place for us to be in.
1: Agreed. <laughs>
0: Call me crazy.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for coming in, J.M. It's, thanks, there's a lot There's a lot to think about and it's really interesting. Hmm. I think it's gonna be something to look at going forward.
0: Absolutely, and uh, r- viewers interested in learning more can go to CSOonline.com and follow our security coverage there.